Welcome back to the Girls Talk Egg podcast, plowing through the manure online. Welcome to 2018. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. You can already tell Karen's in a better mood because she doesn't have any curse words in her uh, Zencaster name. She's just K. Like, things are okay. I'm K. So, or so I'm yeah. too lazy to write out Karen. <laughs> <laughs> it is possible, too. It is a long name. Mine just automatically puts in, like, because my username is Goddess of Grain because I am... I lack creativity. So it just always puts it in there. So it looks like I wrote it. I really didn't write that in there, you guys. So just so you think, you know, if you're thinking that I really think highly of myself, no, it just doesn't give me an option. I thought it was there to make sure Jen and I stayed in line. Right. Don't you run afoul of the (laughs) goddess of grain, I guess. So, so yeah, uh, 2018 is here. I just read the best tweet ever. Uh, 2018 is 27, three 2017 stacked on top of each other wearing a trench coat. So I'm going to say a lot of that's not not accurate. No kidding. So yeah, that's, that is not, um, how was your guys's new year? You made it through. Um, obviously we're two weeks in when we release this, obviously we're recording it, but it'll be released next week. So let that blow your minds listener as it does ours (laughs) a lot sometimes when we plan ahead i'm not used to it i'm used to procrastinating and having to like oh shit we have a podcast due tomorrow we should probably do the recording part now and so we're actually ahead of schedule so that's weird right we'll just change the date of release (laughs) but we could do that too if we really like this one we'll be like well we can't because we have that new year's resolution ones waiting in the wings but anyway as you can tell by the title of our podcast this week, go fund yourself. Uh, we're going to talk about crowdfunding in agriculture. Um, and what really kind of got us uh, interested in the topic or or looking at the topic um, was at the tail end of the 2017 year there. Um, we, it was, I saw it first show up on Facebook um, because a, a dairy local to us, so like, I'm from central Michigan. Uh, Edmore, Michigan is, is the exact town that I grew up in. And it's like uh, 40 minutes south of um, Wademan, which is where Dr. Pohl is from. So for those of you who love Dr. Pohl, I could tell you s- stories, but I won't because that's not right. Um, he was actually my vet for a short period of time, but he's gotten pretty famous with his little Nat Geo show. Have you guys watched it? No. I have well, not. You could, Jen, but it'd be just like your everyday life. He pretty much like shoves uterus in the back and cows I'm and like, stuff. Yeah, we had to have the vet out the other day, and I'm like, yeah, I don't need to watch this on TV. Pretty yeah, much first. Yeah, pretty much. So, but it's it's cute. Uh, you know, a few of my farm customers that I work with that have dairies have been on it a few times, and and it just shows like their day to day. And um, I'm not quite sure if it shows the the mean office staff, their office staff is intimidating. I can tell you that much, but um, maybe they're nicer now than when I went. Why, why are vet, vet office staff intimidating? Maybe they just have to be hard asses. I I don't know, but these ones were extra mean. It was like, you called up there and it was like, you just interrupted a very important, like soap opera episode or something. I don't know. Like, what do you want? You know? And you're like, I need an appointment. Okay. Well, you can have one in 18 (laughs) years because towards the tail end, that was when they'd gotten really popular and, 
you know, everyone wanted to take their animals there and stuff. So, but, uh, so Dr. Pohl has this show and, uh, specialty wise on the show, you know, from what I've seen, I haven't really watched it a whole bunch, but, um, a couple episodes or most of the episodes that I've seen have involved him traveling out to like big animals, you know, horses, mostly dairies. Cause there are a lot of dairies in the area right around where he, um, works. So, this one particular dairy um, was about 40 minutes north of my parents, maybe not even that far north. Um, the son of Dr. Pohl posted a GoFundMe. They were losing the farm, was what he had said. Um, one of the very few family dairies left in Michigan. That's what the video says. I, yes. Which I was is done. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's bullshit. I'm sorry. That's I'm going to call when I see bullshit because that's why we have a podcast, right? That's bull- that's, that's I mean, how that's- they're getting attention of the people who don't know. I mean, oh, no, a dairy, blah, 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 family-owned. Yeah. Oh, no one else has family-owned dairies. Yeah, it's been around since 1850-something, I think, is what the 1855, wasn't it? Isn't it 150 years? So maybe that's not proper math. It's um, I'd have to look at the... It started in 1856. Yep, 56. So it's been around for... A while um this dairy has as have other dairies in the area i could you know we were talking about this prior i could list five or six off on one hand within a 50 mile radius that have probably been around you know similar in in time period um but that's what this one says it's one of the few remaining family dairies it's two brothers and um they're in an area that um you know, Jody DeHate and I were talking about it because she's from that area and she works with a lot of dairies and, and stuff like that. She's from north of there, but she's still from Michigan. And uh, they're in an area that is predominantly potato farmers now. And there have has been enough money, extra money in potatoes um, to where land rents are pretty high. Um, you know, potato farmers in the area will pay 200 to to 300 sometimes. At least that's the story you hear. Um, you know, they're starting to fall on a little bit harder times too. So things are maybe a little bit tougher, but it's not easy to expand your land. Um, it's not really high yielding, um, production ground either, unfortunately, which is weird, you know, that you would pay that much land rent and, and not really get a lot out of it. So they're not really in what you would call a, a nice area for, um, you know, feed production. And they're not in a nice area when it comes to being close to anything, getting feed trucked in. You know, I, I sold feed for a while. All I can think is mashed potatoes. What's that? Why? A potato area with dairy farmers. Right. Milk. Mm. I'm like mashed potato heaven. Now That's I'm hungry. Really, when you said that, I was like mashed potatoes. Oh, yeah. That sounds good. But then that's And I just keep thinking, go ahead. Go ahead, Angie, say it. Because they're not in an ice state. Right? They're not in an ice state. <laughs> Well, it is. I mean, it's 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 an interesting area because it's like Remus, right? I think was right where it's they're from. Um, the particular area, I'd have to look and see again. I it doesn't say. Here. I'm looking here. There was a morning doesn't sun say. article. I'll have to pull that up. Um, I posted it on Twitter not long ago, right afterwards, um, about about it because they had uh, talked about it um, and that they had managed to to pull themselves out of. The situation they were in. So um, let me see what it is right here. Because they have a picture of the dairymen. Um, oh, here it is. Yeah, they're still. And I mean, if you look at it, it's a, it's a pretty up Remus. And so 
Um, Rebus isn't even 40 miles away from my parents. It's about a half hour. Very hilly. Um, just not what you would call, you know, supreme um, growing area. And if you look at the picture that the morning sun posted, you can tell that a lot of their um, equipment is antiquated. I think they still use, uh, oh, what's the word? Um, shit. The, where they st stanchions um, to milk. You know, I don't think they have a, a new milking parlor or anything like that. Like you can just tell, but so, yeah, so this is what kind of encourages. I, I'm scrolling through Facebook mindlessly one night and all of a sudden I see, you know, help save clay knob farms from closure. And uh, I'm like, what, you know, and there was a link to a GoFundMe and I click on the GoFundMe and, and uh, um, that's what it was is Charles Pohl, you know, Doc Pohl's son, um, was, was, you know, started this deal and, and they were looking to raise $230,000. Um, and when I look, yeah. excuse me, 263,000. 3,426. Yeah. So apparently that was what they needed to, to get everything paid right off, I guess. Um, and they ended up, which to me, yeah. to me, I'm like, the first thing I thought of is great. What do you do in a tax situation like that? You pay everything off for one year. What are you going to do next year? Yeah. Uh, what do you do about your taxes? And how the hell am I supposed to go to George at the end of the year for my um, operating note renewal and say, hey, we're good this year because we got to go fund me? Well, that's the thing that is really ironic um, to me is that they had received 81000 and Isabella Bank, which is the bank that I actually have a mortgage through on one of the houses that I own in <laughs> Michigan, because I, I sound like one of one of the houses that I, I own. To say, right, that's a mini home. When you're when you're living in an area that the housing market collapses, you have two options: you can sell it as at a significant loss, or you can rent it. And uh, I rent this one and I'm still going to sell it at a significant loss eventually. But anyway, I had worked with Is Isabella Bank. Um, and so I'm really shocked that they actually stepped in. Um, and so the the dairy raised $81,000 and Isabella Bank stepped in and said, um, okay, um, we will get you a loan to to cover the remaining You're amount. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So so they're good for the next year, apparently. But but what does this do? So so every year we're gonna have to have a GoFundMe for this, I guess, so that they can get that loan renewal again. That's I, uh, and our milk price is going to improve that much that one year is going to miraculously save this dairy farm. Well, and I'm guessing they're thinking short term versus long term at the moment. And I'm thinking, you know, and, and Chris would say, oh, Jennifer, you always think in the short term. I do. But I'm like, you got to think of long term eventually. Well, and that's the thing. This is the way the dairy industry right now is right now. The This is a quote is not very good. This is uh, <laughs> this is Leonard, uh, the the, uh, the farmer who was helped. Dale Leonard was the one that was interviewed. And this is in the morning sun. So feel free to Google morning sun clay knob dairy. It's the first thing that pops up. Um, so it says the way the dairy industry is right now, the outlook is not very good. It would be better to plan ahead. So you have a game plan and a good exit, which is ironic. Oh, um, it is a little weird. So, so he's, he's saying that, but without the farm, local businesses and residents would be worse off. He says they support three to four other families, which is odd. Three to four is kind of a weird, you know, how many 
you know, people you have working for you. Um, It has existed for five generations, blah, blah, blah. Local businesses such as a lumber yard and tractor dealerships work with the farm on a regular basis as well. And that I also find a little bit grasping at straws. Now I'm not saying that there hasn't been a time where they've had a lumber yard and, you know, tractor deal, but if you're not making much money, how much are you going to spend going forward? I was just going to say, so are we just passing the debt from themselves to the tractor dealership? Cause they're not going to pay those bills or what? Well, that's, I mean, are we going to be go funding the tractor dealership later on, you know, and, you know, it's important to point out that this dairy did not set up the GoFundMe themselves. But I do find it ironic, you know, that they're like, the the article, you know, basically says it was nearly closed earlier this year, but it will survive thanks to the online fundraiser started by Dr. Pohl uh, and some proactive money management by the owners. And said owner is quoted as saying, we were being proactive, so we were making sure they would not foreclose on us. We were ahead of the game. Wouldn't, wouldn't that have come a long time ago? Shouldn't that have well, come a long time ago? I feel like we're, you know, like a pick. But yeah, um, obviously, if you were to that point to where you're doing the GoFundMe thing, hmm, you know, how proactive, yeah. um, you know, we were ahead of the game. So we're not in any trouble as far as that goes. So then do we not need to do the $81,000? Right. And they're still collecting because, you know, when was when did this one come out? This are, um, 12, oh, yeah. December 31st. Uh, if you check the GoFundMe page right now for them, they're up to over wow. 88. Um, they're at 88,385. Yeah. Uh, Lord, Lloyd Chesmore just gave $25, 23 wow. minutes ago. Now, is they, are they just where they are because of the low dairy prices, or was there like some tragic event that happened to them? I have seen no. This yeah, says I've low seen dairy nothing prices. referenced uh, uh, any tragic sort of event. Well, because I think we need to separate the yeah, two this, because this. there have been some dairy barn fires and some oh my individual God, farmers was... who've lost everything, and I think that is a totally separate situation than what we're talking about here. Exactly. Completely. If you if you Google GoFundMe Farms, you get twelve million things come up. But most, I, I'm going to say, ninety nine percent of these are um, a tornado hit a farm. Uh, there was a hay fire, lost all yeah. the barns. Um, yeah, something tragic. Yes. Just besides, yeah, Mother Nature. Yeah, I, yes. well, there was just a farm. Um, I don't know if I saw it, if it was local or if it was on Twitter. Um, they lost their entire herd. Right. That one yeah. it was a, a fire. It was in Wisconsin, I think. I mean, it, that happens all the time in Wisconsin, I feel like. like it's. But, I mean, they'd lost their entire herd and their yeah. barn, which I can't even imagine. Like, I just, I, I can't. It makes me sick to my stomach thinking about it. those types of situations that go fund me makes sense. Yeah, it's a nice thing to do, which I think is maybe why originally the GoFundMe was set up for things like medical things or things that you have no control over. Um, yeah, not that you know, then you can go back and say, well, dairy farmers don't have any control over the milk price. But then you have to go back and say, well, maybe this is a deeper issue than just that a GoFundMe can, you know, the keep these dairies prices, in business. The milk prices are low because we have too much milk. 
And, so and the then that way, becomes a part of economics. Right. So the only way yes. that that's going to go up is if there are less dairy farmers. And he's not the only one that's had issues because there's other f- dairy farmers on Twitter that I've talked about, you know, transitioning to beef cows instead in certain areas and different things like that. So it's not, you know, the dairy situation is not unique. It's not. It's, no, it's not. Uh, uh, Gil- I always want to say Gilmore. That's not his name, though. Gilmer. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. There aren't they going out of the dairy business? Um, he said they're slowly transitioning over to a beef cow. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's not new. It's not. You know, but in his area, it was because there weren't enough dairies to support a, a processing facility. It was how I took it. See, and in Michigan, we're getting another processing facility. They're building one in the Greenville area, which happens to be about 45 miles south of, well, maybe closer to an hour south of this facility, this dairy that we're talking about here. Um, but we also just had a guy come in and build a thousand or three thousand or 35 bajillion head. I'm not sure. It's a big effing dairy um, just up the road from um, the ethanol plant. And so they're they're close location wise for DDGs. They've got plenty of farmers in the area more than willing to do silage for them from an acreage base. Um, they're not far. They're sitting directly in the middle of the state between two facilities that provide or will be providing soybean meal. Um, and they're going to be sitting between two processing plants because there's a processing plant in uh Coopersville, uh, just north of Grand Rapids, and there's another one that's going into that Greenville area. So logistically speaking, they're smart to put it, and it's actually the people that are part of, I believe, uh, don't quote me on this, but uh, uh, the dairy in Indiana that has the really good cheese, the touristy place with the Fair pigs. Oaks. Yeah, so Fair is Oaks. It, is it a fair life? It's a, uh, this is a, uh, um, as far as I know, I think it was Dendulk that put it in and I think they're related to them somehow. Like I said, don't quote me on that. It's, it's one of those things that when I was selling cattle feed, it was, you know, one of those that I actually knew how people were interrelated. And, you know, the one thing that we do have in Michigan that's interesting is we have a, a huge amount of Dutch dairy that has come in, you know, that are Northern, first or, yeah, Northern or, Indiana, Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, you know, first or second generation Dutch dairymen yeah. um, coming in. Um, and and so that's been part of it, too, as you've seen them really, really increase their ability. But those also, they have new new parlors. Um, they're maximizing their milk production. Uh, they're, they're technologically advanced in a well, lot of ways. And, and you also have cost of, yeah, cost of scale. Um, so it's, it's hard. It It is hard. It's, it sucks. You know what I mean? Like that was the conversation with Jody that I had is I, I'm conflicted because I want to be able to see these long-term multi-generational, um, dairy farms stay in place. But the problem is, is if you don't change, grow and, and improve, eventually the market gets you right. I mean, that's a, in all business, is it not? I, I don't know why. Um, you know, it goes back to the conversation about the cost of progress. Yeah. Romanticizing, you know, milk production that's perhaps too small to meet, um, meet the market's demands. I don't know. Um, 
you know, I, I just, I, I don't know enough about dairy. We talked about that. And the cool thing, I mean, there's different ways that dairy works and stuff like that, but you know, we have Michigan milk producers. We don't necessarily have local co-ops that handle our milk at all. Um, you know, so I don't know exactly how, you know, where these guys are involved in or whatever, but I do know the cost is low. And I do know that there are tons of dairies that are struggling to, to make ends meet. Um, very few of which, you know, have been focused Futured on Dr. Pole enough, I guess, to to get eighty some thousand dollars in in GoFundMe money coming and I, their way. And I think that's another thing. I mean, you're not necessarily laying all your financials out there for the world to see, but you're admitting you're in trouble. And so the, yeah. you get judgy people like me saying, you know, shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm like, and I'm not trying to be that way. I'm just. And Chris is probably dying laughing that I think I can offer financial advice, but you know, I'm just saying that. You got to watch because everybody out there has an opinion and you are opening yourself up for all kinds of ridicule, not just help, but ridicule. Well, you have to give them credit for thinking outside the box. I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, they're not, you know, you sent over, Jen, that link, um, ag, can, but yeah, you sent over that, you know, crowdfunding to, to fund the farm through ag connect right i don't know what that is yes let me find that i just actually all i did was here it is uh no that's not it either all i did was try to find i just googled stuff that i could find that was you know relatable related to it and this is it looks like they're out of southeastern pennsylvania but on their um website here they talk about crowdfunding to fund the farm and it says, could crowdfunding help you fund your next farm purchase or enterprise? And that's what it talks about, you know, the the five types of crowdfunding. But when you... Um, right. Which, yeah. And I think that's important that there's many types and like people everywhere use it for everything. I mean, when I wrote Meet Pete, one of the things we could do was, I think there's a Kickstarter program where you could put out there that you wanted money to write a book that I wanted money to write a book about a calf and people would just donate money to help me cover my costs. I'm like, who does, who does shit like that? Lots of people. Apparently. I mean, isn't that weird? or am I just a skeptic? I'm like, no, thanks. I'll spend my money on Amazon and you people can write your own books. Yeah, you, I don't know. You can send me uh, a credit card reward money or something. Well, if you know. looked at the examples yeah. on I, that, I, that page that you're talking about, a lot of them were like small, like goat herds that wanted to make cheese or do like some specific niche. And they just, they yeah. were looking for the cost to, you know, get the equipment to move into that niche sector of it. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't like what you would, you wouldn't expect a, a large similar. scale dairy to do the same type of thing. Yeah. Similar to like what you were saying, Jen, with the Kickstarter, you know, right. and I've seen other farms, um, use Kickstarter or use GoFundMe, um, you know, to do that, to, to transition or buy new equipment. And I, I think in general, in agriculture, we have a bit of ego or, um, we have a bit. You think we have a little, a little bit? tiny bit? Yeah, a little smidge. Pride. Prideful. Ego, we are the perhaps. most egotistical, lowest. What, what is that? The most egotistical with the lowest self esteem. Like me, there's some saying. Right. That's, we just want to be loved. Okay. Um. Yeah, we're egotistical, but beg to be loved. And that's and I mean, so that's hard. It's hard for a farm. For one, it's hard for anyone to say I'm struggling 
you know, can you help me? Um, I think that's a, a hard thing to, to see happen anyway, but, um, you know, it's interesting because, uh, we, I saw, you know, not long after this clay knob deal, um, New York farmer had shared, um, that a local dairy had had to choose. There was an older couple and they had to choose between heating oil for their home or feeding their cows. And they chose to feed their cows. Now, they ended up, I think, pooling money locally, right, Karen? That's what you had said. Right. Um, people kept asking if they were going to do a GoFundMe, and the, the lady who had posted it said no. They were locally, the neighbors and, and those in the area had pooled enough money to buy them, like 200 gallons or something like that. Yeah. And it, But it was interesting because the, way, the only way I had seen it is because um, a CNN reporter had seen it, and posted, you know, where is their GoFundMe or how do we donate? And uh, um, the, the group that I follow, I don't even follow her. I follow um, another person that has a bajillion followers. And of course, now I can't find find his account to see just how many he has. But he's a, a big, well-followed account. And he had retweeted it. And there was a whole slew of people, you know, asking how they could donate to help. And I just found that interesting that society will bitch if their loaf of bread goes up by 50 cents. But if they hear a sob story about ma, pa, farmer not being able to buy heat for their house because they can't, you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden everyone's money, they have money, you know, falling out their ass to, to try to, to donate. I just, I found that interesting because obviously society um, you know, because the, the two people that I had seen re- post it and then all of the responses that I had seen were all people well removed from agriculture and they were all more than willing to step in and, and give extra money. So perhaps we look at this as a be- But you feel good about a donation. You don't feel good about paying more for bread. Yeah. So maybe... You know, Which is so ironic, because for what people are giving, how many freaking loaves of bread could you buy and not bit? Yeah, a bajillion, <laughs> all of the bread. I don't know. I mean, I don't get it. Yeah, I just, I just know. found that really ironic that uh, you know, us in the industry are like, oh my god, how could they even think about putting out a GoFundMe when obviously. A society, you know, they generated $88,000. Obviously, society doesn't feel too bad about, you know, contributing 10 or 15, 25 dollars to the the cause, which I just I found it odd, you know, like I just um, because I know a lot of farms that could could use. Um, Hello, go fund right? Campbell's. Go fund Gent, go fund Chris, go fund everyone, go fund yourself. I don't just- know. Yeah, go fund yourself. Go fund. Go fund. T- Girls talk ag. Yeah, that's go fund us, please. And so, yeah, I just, I don't know. I found that really. And no, we don't have a GoFundMe account. Just that's to be true. clear, we but we should. <laughs> we should though. And you know, a Go Beer Me account. Yeah, yes. Go Beer Me account. I like that. Yesterday, I was like, I need a stiff drink and a nap, and I got neither. So I poured myself a bowl of frosted mini wheats and called it a win. Uh yeah. Some days you just have to, but, but no. Um, and the one thing that was really interesting too, and we're not going to pretend we're tax accounting people here by any means, but we can't, we, I mean, you can, you can do anything okay. you want. It's our podcast. So, um, but 
it appears that the IRS does not know quite what to do yet. Because I was like, okay, you just made $81,000, 88 now. That has to be income, right? But apparently it's not. So, I, I would think it does. Now, uh, what did we ever figure out what percentage GoFundMe takes out of, out of that? What I, I found so. is it says two point. So when, so you put the money in and when the person who owns the account takes payment, they get charged 2.9% plus 30 cents for every donation. What? Holy sh**. Yeah. So if you had 300 wow. people donate, they get 30 cents for each of the 300 people. Okay. Plus they get 2.9% overall. Okay. So somebody just do the math for me because I saw I have math. a calculator. We've got um, 300 times 80, 30 cents. No, $88,385. Okay. And what'd you 2. say? 9%. Off the top. So GoFundMe gets. Okay, so take 2.9 uh, off the top. 2,563. Now wait. That $88,385 came from 2,472 people. 2,472. So you get times 30 That's, cents. It sounds like yeah, a lot, but it's 741 yeah. bucks. Okay. So they get about so they three get grand. The out of the eight, okay. Well, that's you know, not bad. That's, that's not I mean, a credit card company like would take three percent. No. You know, if you tried to, you know, when you pay for something with a credit card. So, yeah, and you, we all know that it's not as high as I thought. Yeah. It sounds high, but it's not as high as I thought. We all, we all know that putting together a website is super easy. We don't have one yet. <laughs> that's what. Yeah. We, that's but you know, so there is a cost associated with it. But my biggest question was. You know, I got a year-end bonus once that was really nice because we had a really good year that year as an elevator, which I should have, like, hugged it and kissed it and made it my friend because since then it's not been that that great. But um, Uncle Sam took a lot of my money. You know what I mean? Like, and so yeah. I can't imagine that this, this income would just be completely tax-free. I'm, you know, like, I would have to imagine it would come as other income. I, you can't, I, you know what I mean? Like, I can't. It would have to be income, but depending on how they were structured or how they took it, too, does the farm take the money or are they self-employed? Do they take it individually? I mean, yeah. how is it set up? Yeah. Because if you're self-employed, you know, you have to pay the tax, but then you also have to pay, pay both ends of yeah. Social Security. So I, I, there's quite a bit that could come off of it. But I would hope before they took any money that they would have talked to their accountant to figure out the best yeah. way to do it. I wonder if they even have, you know, like... Oh, it's Remus, man. If you'd ever seen Remus, you'd be like, oh. Yeah. So far, I know that I have failed the Michigan geography test from all the places you've named today. That's why. Well, so. they're all small butthole towns. Like, they have <laughs> four bars, three churches, 18 gas stations. Because in Michigan, we don't screw around like we do out here in Iowa. Like, if there's a town, there's a gas station. I learned that the hard way on crop tour. I had to fill up at some random co-op in Nebraska because apparently it doesn't matter if there's a town. You don't need gas. You know, like 200 people live here. We don't have a gas station. Keep on driving, bitch. Like that's how it is out in western, <laughs> west of the Mississippi. But, um, you know, yeah. And and so to me, I guess that's what uh, we were looking at. At uh, We asked, you know what I mean? Like, you know, hey, what's your take on crowd? crowdfunding 
And uh, we didn't get very many responses. I think people are kind of over the conversation. I, I I can tell you most everyone last week when I, I brought it up was just appalled. You know, they're just like, I can't believe anyone would do that. But um, someone said if it would keep a retail business started or afloat um, as in a creamery, cheese, creamery, cheesery. I don't know if that's a real word, but it sounds delicious, um, et cetera. Um, sure. But to just keep your private business going, no. So what wh- what do you guys think the difference is there? Is there a difference? Yeah, well, isn't the creamery or che- the cheesery, isn't that a private business? A private I mean, business? It's not a government-funded business. What What would be the difference in those two businesses anyway? Unless you're a government entity. Yeah. I just found that interesting. What would be the difference yeah. between a private and, that's what and a retail? Retail? What was the other word? We're not retail uh to keep or start uh reach keep a, a retail business afloat or help get oh, it started but i don't would, even see but that difference. would be like how you, we were talking about you know to buy new equipment to get into the niche market as opposed to trying uh-huh. now if that was already all established yeah. it wouldn't be any different because you'd still be trying to keep that business running yeah that can't remain running basically on its own or something like that and that was one thing that yeah. um will Gilmer had had said right um they he was asking he was talking to um um what's her name Kennedy is it Ashley yes messy messy Kennedy she was just on Rob's podcast not long ago and she's a dairy farmer in the thumb of Michigan and uh um they were talking and she had brought up Westendorp's um and I love Doug's a customer of mine you know full disclosure freaking awesome people and they um, have managed to start basically kind of like a Fair Oaks setup. They have their own dairy. They have their own milk. It's Mooville. They have <laughs> a petting zoo. They have, yeah, they have a, an ice cream shop. They have their own ice cream, um, all of this stuff. And uh, um, they have, have managed to, you know, in a certain way, build a, a niche market. You know, Mooville ice cream, you know, Mooville milk. Um, it's in local stores in the the area around where I lived in in Michigan before I moved. It was in Horrocks, which was a, a big farm market type setup and and stuff like that. And uh, you know they had mentioned Will talking to to Doug, um, and I I said you know he'd be more than willing to because he's he's a, he's a good guy you know and and uh, I think they want to help each other out. But so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of interesting because they, they were struggling and that's how they started it is they had to look at either getting rid of their cows or, um, you know, kind of introducing a, a going about it a different way, thinking outside the box. Um, and, and they'd managed to do it. And, you know, uh, um, of another friend in, in Michigan that they had an apple orchard and they, same thing, they were going out of business. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to do it. So they, started a petting zoo um they did not crowdsource crowdfunding correct they just went into a different a niche venture they went i think i think they sought out a bank that was willing to to lend money you know a business loan of some sort and um they formed a very successful business now granted i haven't seen their p&l you know i can imagine that owning camels is not cheap (laughs) you know what i mean like this one this one petting zoo, they've legit got a camel, they've got zebras, they've got, you know, like, 
a birdery, like whatever that is. It's not petting zoo. That's a freaking zoo. It's a zoo. It really is. It sits in the middle of nowhere and it's always swamped. Like, and we go there every time. They've got a ton of goats and stuff. So I guess that qualifies them. But, but still, you know, what is preventing the dairy that initially sought out that crowdfunding from reinventing themselves, you know, other than, I don't know. What? Yeah, I have a friend in- here on in Bloomington. I mean, they took now 100% of the milk they milk they put into their own cheese and they sell it throughout the different grocery stores in Illinois. I mean, they're in the high vs they're in the Schnooks, they're all across the place. So, you know. Yeah. You just have to have a vision and, and the follow through, I guess. I mean, but not every dairy but- can make their own cheese. I understand that, but And that's what I was going to say, Jen, you know, with you guys, um because I want to ask someone directly and I'm not pu- trying to put you on the spot. So if I do, we can take this out by all means, but you know, like it's what she said, right? <laughs> that is not what she said. <laughs> Keep it in. Go anyway, um, I, uh, you know, have you guys thought about like specially specialty branding your pigs, you know, slap like a Campbell farm so- sticker on the ass end of them and, and, you know, say as seen on social media, here's your special pig, come pick out your pig and you'll pay, you know, five bucks more a pound, but you get to look him in the eye before he's neat on your table. Like, have you guys thought about doing that at all? No, but genius, now. right. We, we have um, someone here in the County who buys our pigs. Okay. So a few years ago, that's what I wanted to do. Sell local. Yeah. That was the thing you needed to do. But do you know how much freaking meat you end up with out of a pig that is no one wants? I mean, everyone bacon, wants pork chops bacon, and everyone bacon. wants sausage, yeah. but you end up Not all the bacon. Much. And you know how much bacon is in a pig? A very lot. little. Yeah. And so I ended up with like, freezers full of, you know, the junk. I don't want to say junk, but basically, junk. you know, meat that nobody wanted. Yeah. Um, we do have a guy locally who he has beef cattle and his brother raises sheep and, um, he buys our hogs and sells it as Campbell farms hogs. Um, but he has to take the inventory. He pays for all the processing, whatnot. So if you want to buy local Campbell, you know, farms pork, you can, but, um, it's, it is a, I don't, intense. It's a it, it's a highly managed thing that you have to do, um, and in the end, I don't know that the profit's worth it if you're not in it wholeheartedly. Yeah, and that's what I mean. It's been something Carl and I have talked about because he's got a farm. His family's up by Eau Claire and uh, Wisconsin, and I was like, they used to have cattle, so they've got tons of land that you know, you could put cattle on. I was like, in Eau Claire, you know, you have tons of people that are so far removed from their food source that want to be close to it. I'm like, let's go raise us some grass fed beef. You know what I mean? And, and be like, come pick your cow out. And you, you know, because people are dumb enough to pay extra money. But like you said, it's a pain in the ass, you know, like, but it, it's, it's, a, it needs high manage high levels of management. Um, because like, if I, I can go to Walmart right now and buy pork chops for tonight. Somebody calls me and says, hey, we want to have pork chops tonight. I have to be here to get them out of the freezer for them. Yep. I have to have change for them, um, which is not a big deal this time of year. But if we're in the middle of planting or harvesting, I'm like, I'm in the field. I'm nowhere near home. Yeah. 
Um, or, you know, there might be somebody at home that can help you. I mean, you, you, you need a storefront and continual business. And I, and, um, I just think it's a highly managed thing that you you have to be 100% committed to. Yeah. And you have to deal with the public. Which And you have to deal with the public. None of us are good at. Which Jennifer is not good yeah, at. Yeah, none of us no. are good at it. Which, and I mean, everyone wants different cuts. But yeah, for someone to like buy a whole or a half or something like that, I just personally don't have the freezer room. Yeah. And a lot of people don't. Or, or the – or and I'm not putting anyone down, but, but the knowledge to use all those cuts either. Yeah. Um, you get a whole I just hog process because I made Jen's meatloaf last night, and <laughs> I used pork sausage and beef, and I I don't think I've ever used like I've actually I don't think I've ever made meatloaf before. But anyway, <laughs> so did you like it? I I did like it. Um, I I tried to do it in the Instapot, which wasn't I couldn't quite figure out the timing, I was, so I, I I ended up yeah. finishing just in the oven, which was fine, but. Yeah, I was a little. When you said you were doing that, I was like, I've never ever done anything in an Instapot, so I have well, no I idea. Well, I used your recipe, but then I went I and found an Instapot recipe that did it in the in the Instapot. Okay. But I wanted to do two logs instead of just one, and I think maybe I made it too thick. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shut up, Angie. Everybody would. I'm sorry. Most 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 women want really two big <laughs> logs. Um, but I just think that you know, like. You've got this freezer full of meat, and if you don't know what to do with all of these various cuts, they end up just taking up freezer space, getting freezer burned, and being useless. And then, mm-hmm. then you have wasted yeah. money. Um, you have shrink. And to be honest, there's some in my freezer. I mean, we we do get a hog processed only because it's cheaper for us. Um, because we raise the hogs. Yeah. Uh, I still buy most of my meat at Walmart. Um, I like cheap meat. Um, you could take that out. Yeah, that's what she I like said. Oh, I'm meat. just getting myself in a hole. Oh my god, this is I'm not taking okay. it out either. So that's what he said. Um, I just think you're, it's a highly managed process, and you've got to be 100 percent committed to it. Totally. And there awesome. are people that you know do oh, well totally. with it. I mean, look at a more pork, but they're in an yes, area where exactly. they can hit a large amount of people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and they have the facility it, and then they have the drivers to take it to the different markets, farmers markets and whatnot. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it works. That's that's the thing is, is if you're like just like that, they're a prime example of it works. But but I think you'll have to ask him. I think it's a full time job for somebody. Oh, I mean, sure. you know, they they're, they're taking orders online. It has to be shipped in a timely manner because it's a you know, it's a food product that's frozen. Um you know, it's not something you do part time. Well, and that's, I think that's important that you, you say that, you know what I mean? Simply because of the fact that uh, it's easy for us to see someone throw out this GoFundMe and, and it's easy for us to be really critical of them and say, well, they should just be reinventing their approach to farming, which is accurate, right? I mean, that it is true. You need to. That's the market is telling you that you need to be doing something different, but the fact remains, what do you do? You know what I mean? I always just kind of was like, oh, yeah. well, you just sell the heifers. You just sell your herd. You know what I mean? Like, you just sell the herd. Well, right. there's no market for them because no one wants, you know what I mean? Like, no one wants Bessie the good milk cow because she, no one wants to, you know, you, there's no money in milk. So your your value is is almost non-existent. You know what I mean? It's, it's um, You can't afford it's to stay in and you can't afford to get out either. Yeah. That, 
And that's exactly right, Karen. It, right now, a lot of these places, and it can happen to anyone so fast. You can't afford to get out. You can't afford to stay yeah. in. And, and it's, it's not just livestock And it happens either. so I mean, fast. Let's be honest. No. Oh, no. No. And so, you know, that's what I said, you know, last week when, when all of this went down is I was so conflicted because part of me is like, this is dumb. This is dumb. This is dumb. And the other part of me is like, if people are willing to donate, why should you be ashamed to take advantage of that? Is that the right? I mean, maybe it's not the right way to take it, but. It's, well, but it's it's bluntly the way it is. Yeah. And so should we be. Should we frown upon? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I mean, I, I, you know, having this conversation here. And I mean, if it works for them, more power to them. I mean. Yeah. I find, I do find it interesting, the more I researched it, uh, that they did not start the GoFundMe page themselves. No. I tell you what, that raised them up a few little points in my book. Um, you know, that that for some reason, me being all judgy and stuff, you yeah. know. Me starting my own GoFundMe page is a little bit lower on the scale than somebody saying, listen, we need to help yeah, these people. Yeah, they're in trouble. We need to reach out. Um, yeah. You know, again, there's a huge difference between someone who suffered from a natural disaster, too. I mean, if, if uh, um, right. you know, if you know someone who has a, a fund or something that has experienced, you know, like I said, I can't stop thinking about, like, the, the family that I saw that their, their barn burnt and their whole herd was lost you know i just i can't even imagine because you especially in dairy i mean you work with them every day you know you may not name them i mean we did dairy for a short period of time you may not name them but you know you know who your favorite is number 25 is always my favorite cow and she'll you know what i mean like it's 20 years later and i can still remember that number 25 was my favorite damn cow you know so i can't even imagine experiencing that but um you know, I guess, I don't know. I guess this conversation has really softened me up quite a bit to the fact that, you know, it's not easy out there. Yeah, we, we started out a little bitchy and now we're like, yeah, you know, maybe we should start one for everyone. Maybe we should have a Girls Talk Egg GoFundMe and, and we just dole out all of the money to whoever brings, writes the best, you know, paper. Like on a Christmas story, right. you got to write a theme. An essay. And he's all like, Yeah. You write us an essay and we'll get you some funds. You know, I don't know. You know, and it, it made me wonder too, like, where does we all the money go on? We foundation like, in order for that not to affect each of our taxes. So just so you know. That sounds like exactly. a real pain in the ass. So never mind. But, you know, like what happened with like the Willie Nelson, the farm aid? Wasn't that Willie Nelson that did that? They do yeah, still do I, that as far as I know. But that, I've never know, seen yeah. anyone actually benefit from it. And that's always been a... I was going to say that... That's a big question. Like, what do you, are you just using farmers to, to raise money then in that case? Does that make you a horrible human? Do you deserve to have the devil shove his porch, fick up, porch fork up, pitchfork up your ass? Well, I don't think Willie's been living, living that clean oh, of a no. life anyway. So <laughs> are you picking on potheads now, Karen? Is that what you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, right as I take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> So now we're going to be an asshole. That aspect of his life. No, I just. But, but no, I mean, that's what I wonder is, is it, is it different than that? No, it's not. I mean, to me, it's not. And we, we were all cool about farm aid in the eighties. Right. I mean, I don't remember cause I'm young and, 
and and firm. I don't. I'm not firm. I've never been firm. It'd be interesting to see the uh, results, though, of things like Farm Aid and things like that. Of who they helped and where those people are today. That'd be kind of cool. Didn't Luke Bryan have a big thing? Ah, no, because he wears skinny jeans, and you can tell. <laughs> but didn't he have? <laughs> Again, being checked. Did he have like? That is possible, but I'm going to guess not. Um, uh, you know, didn't he have like a farm? He deal, did something. Deal? I don't know what it was. That's what I thought. Like I, uh, um, I'm going to have to research if farm aid did any good and where those people are today. I just don't think it did. I don't know. I mean, and how did you get the money? So I guess that's the thing is it's easy to be judgmental, but, um, you know, GoFundMe is kind of like the way that social media has come forward and and uh, changed, I guess, how we raise money amongst ourselves. And, you know, I... Um, there is a Farm Aid concert in 2018. So does is there anything on there that says... Uh, are they um, a 501c3 or what are they? That, you know, um, how do you apply? I've got to find out. My internet's kind of slow. That's, I was going to say, like, how do you apply for farm aid benefits? Can you? Do you? Is there such a thing? Mm-mm. You know, and that's, I was doing an interview the other day um, uh, about uh, um, the ag economy. And I, I do, um, I'm, you know, I reappear a lot. It's on the, the Bubba show. And, and Todd Bubba Horowitz is a big trader. He's not really in agriculture, but he trades commodities and he's well followed and, and people listen to him. And so he has a podcast that I come on and he asked me about the ag economy, you know, and, and how things were doing and, and if the tax bill would help or if this would help or if that would help. And, uh, you know, I said, uh, um, no, you know, the only thing that'll help a farmer right now is, is uh, lower in health care costs or health insurance costs. You know what I mean? Like how much inflation is the farmer farm scene out there economically speaking and, you know, comparative to their prices and it's, it's astronomical to look at the difference. And so it, you know, it is something that we're probably going to be paying attention to more, more farm aid, more GoFundMe pages, more, um, you know, things of that nature, perhaps being set up to help people who are, struggling do you really think more are gonna ask for help or more are just gonna get out yeah i don't know that's a good question i, mean, I don't know i mean to me it seems more like a farmer would get out as opposed to putting them to ask for help self through the yeah yeah not that that's right or wrong it just seems no, like yeah. mentality wise I-, I understand i know what you're saying i mean that's my biggest fear is is that they feel like there's no exit you know, and that's, that's been, or they have to ride it to the bottom. Yeah. I mean, you can get out before it hits bottom. Yeah. It's okay. It's hard and for a farmer to Yeah. yeah. That's, that's going to be a conversation we'll have, you know, another time is, is the making tough choices. You know, we've brought that up a few different times and, and, uh, you know, it goes back to the, the mental health conversation too, because I, I have had, you know, three different folks in Michigan that, that I knew, you know, a couple that I had worked with that have taken their life over the last year or so because they felt there was no way to get out. And, uh, you know, so that is something that I, I am, you know, kind of looking at as well. And, and, uh, 
aware of, I guess. But, you know, I don't know. I don't see anything wrong with with, uh, seeking some help if there's help to be given, perhaps, now. So, yeah, I've completely, like... I mean, if people want to help, let them. Yeah, I've completely 180 At first, I was like, that's bullshit. You don't do that. Don't be a pussy. And now I'm like, it's cool. You can. It's okay. Well, I I mean, they set up the fund, but obviously people contribute to it yeah have you seen <laughs> i mean if it was the fund that was out there and then no one contributed to it i think that would be different than somebody who's gonna get eighty eight thousand dollars. well so. it's the same thing as that like i said that that new york farm you know what i mean like how much money would they be able to get that that could have went viral i mean and i'm not saying that they should have taken advantage of it but um if people are willing to give i guess maybe you should be willing to to take i don't know I, and but I'm so, but I think in that scenario, though, I mean, they needed the help, so they took the help, but I don't think they would be comfortable taking help they didn't need. Yeah. And, and then I get to thinking, you got to carry this a little farther. I'm like, how do you, what do you do the next year? But not only that, but the pressure involved. If, you know, here this these people have come together and raised all this money to keep you going, and then you've also got to keep the farm going, though, because now you feel, you know what I mean? Extra I mean, pressure, obligation. Yeah. Yes, pressure, obligation. Um, yeah, you feel like people are invested in you more. I keep hearing um, that Homer Simpson yeah. where he just like goes back into the bushes. Like that's really yes, all you could do like, at this oh, point is just like shit. disappear. Yes. Yeah. So um, I don't know. So, I mean, yeah, it, it it's not just now, but there's you know there's consequences later as well that are not only going to affect financially, but your mental yeah. stability as well. Yeah. I, now, uh, it's, now it's just a whole roller coaster, man. It's I like know. a snowball. Look at that. We ended up going in, you know, monstrous different directions, but did you see anything Jen on farm aid? Is there a way to, I can't get my internet to work. It's, oh. it's, it still exists. It's an org. It's, it, it is a dot org. We'll have to they look want you see. to donate, but it doesn't say where I can apply for funds. That's what I was going to say. Like, I want you to apply for funds, not because you think you need funds, but... Um, Here. It says, are you a farmer? Visit our Farmer Resource Network to explore services and opportunities for your farm. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. You know, like, that's why I wonder. This could be, this could be a, t- a whole, it's whole new podcast it's whole own podcast yeah i almost want you to do try to do it just because i want you to go through the process of you know because that's what they say is they're talking about yeah so you can tell us how it works yeah young farmers i mean the farm family disaster fund puerto rico update um cool bring cool to trade negotiations interesting they, Jennifer Campbell <laughs> tries to take over Farm Aid. Yeah, they're anti-cool, apparently. We're pro-cool. I want to know where right? my food no. comes from. Wait, cool. Yeah, country of origin. I'd like to know where. Yeah. That's, they are pro-cool as well. I would like to know where it comes from, but at the same time, it's kind of dangerous to do. But yeah, you can donate 25 50 100 other. Are you a farmer? So yeah, I want to see Jen um, watching. You'll do it in like... CPS shows up at your door or something tomorrow. Get arrested or something. Yeah, <laughs> they'll be like, "We know that you're all right." Then we will need a GoFundMe page. Get Jen out of jail. That's why. Fund her divorce with Chris Campbell. 
<laughs> yes, when Chris Campbell divorces her for being a dumbass. <laughs> if he hasn't divorced you yet, you, you know, <laughs> like what you said the other day, it is not financially feasible for you two to separate. So you guys no, are together not. forever. <laughs> so yeah, you can fill out. There's one, you can get in touch with our farm advocate, Joe Schroeder. He's obviously experienced lots of farming stuff because he's here outside of a truck holding onto brown bags. So he knows what's up, guys. Um, you can also call the farmer hotline. So I don't know. That would be oh, interesting. I can become we'll a farm to, advocate. We should check that out. Is it, I thought that was an advocate, and we were already on know. the list. Um, not all know, of us right? are on the list. Of advocators. That's what. Sorry. Oh, we're all on a list. <laughs> you and Sean are advocators at heart. We know this. So, but well, we might as well uh, wrap it up. Karen's about ready to have a mutiny on her hands here. They've done so well. Um, but now they're going to tie her up and take her away. So we should let her go. And we'll need a GoFundMe account for Can that. Can you GoFundMe a nanny, please? <laughs> <laughs> well, just as always, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, Give us feedback. Let us know what you think. Are you uh, going to start your own GoFundMe here soon or start one for your neighbor? Have your neighbor start one for you so that way it's not that's, so bad. See, that's the way, yeah, that's the way you ought to do it. That's you what, start and then one you for can me, see, I'll start one for you. You know, who's loved the most, obviously, by who gets the more money. Um, Just make sure it's somebody that's you know. not going to steal it from you. <laughs> yeah, that's hmm. another. Mm. So, but uh, we, like I said, as always, we appreciate you listening. Uh, next week, we'll talk about something else. We're not sure yet. Usually we decide about three minutes before we actually do the podcast. So, you know, which is surprising, I'm sure to all of you, since it's such a well-organized, well-run machine. So, but have a good one. Uh, we'll see you next week.